listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast, your weekly post-apocalyptic news roundup. Hello and welcome back to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. I am your host, Sean, Senior Editor here at Post-Apocalyptic Media, and this is episode number 111, 111. Uh, thank you for listening. I, I always appreciate when people listen to this podcast and listen to me uh, rant on a little bit about the uh, latest post-apocalyptic news, right? So this one actually has a lot. We have a, a lot of um, a lot of news to cover this time, and I keep saying we. I don't know who the other person is, but uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it might go over a half hour. This might be over a half hour show, um, but I did just drink coffee, so it might be 10 minutes. We'll see. Um, okay, so this first little thing I wanted to do, I want, I want to kind of go back a little bit since I do this every two weeks. I want to go back a little bit and cover some news from last week. Um, and this is, I'll just do this briefly because most of you have probably heard about this already. I'm not sure. But uh, Elon Musk has started his own AI company, right? Now, why is this news? Well, first of all, it's Elon Musk. Anything with Elon Musk makes the news. Um, but second of all, you know, he was very, he, he was not on board for for AI, uh, for the rapid, uh, you know, the growth of AI. And he even called for regulations last well, a couple months ago, I think it was in March. And he said, you know what, this stuff's getting out of control, we need to have regulations on because, you know, he was one of the founding members of open AI. Um, he's one of the guys who, who kind of, you know, led to the development of chat GPT and, and things like that. Even though he didn't stick with that to the point where they got to chat GPT, he was one of the, the originators of, of open AI. So he was aware of the fact that this can get out of control. You know, they're in chat GPT four. Now they're going for uh, GPT five very soon. And well, maybe it's going to be 4.5. I don't think they've told the exact number yet, but the next, you know, iteration is coming soon. And he's like, you know what, this is getting out of control. Uh, we need some regulation. Well, and then he goes and he, he makes his own company his own AI company. It's called XAI. Of course, it's X. He has X and everything. Actually, he just renamed Twitter, basically X. <laughs> you know, he, he changed the logo of, uh, of the little Twitter bird into an X. Um, so that's, that's, you know, side news. But anyway, so his new AI company, well, what's it going to do? What does an AI company do? You know, he says it, it's made to understand the true nature of the universe through artificial intelligence. What does that mean? What is the true, you know, the true nature of the universe through something that's not natural? I, I don't know. I don't understand. And I'm not, I'm not really being too, you know, well, I, at least I hate to be too critical of, of something like this because I think AI, I love AI, you know, and I, for one, um, love my AI overlords. And when the apocalypse comes, the AI, AI apocalypse, uh, I will be right there. I'll, it'll be fine. Uh, no, but you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of AI. I wrote a book about it. If you're not aware called, uh, AI for all. And it's, ba you know, it's, it's a very basic primer to a, to AI. If you're, uh, someone who's heard a lot about AI and you're like, well, what, what's going on with this? Well, that's why I wrote a book, but you know, the book came out a couple months ago, so it's already, <laughs> it's already pretty, pretty obsolete, uh, almost, um, but anyway, that's not why I'm here to plug my book. Um, so 
so what is he doing? What does this understanding the true nature of the universe mean? Well, he was on uh, an interview a couple months ago with Tucker Carlson, and he said that he was aware and like kind of afraid of the danger of training AI to be woke. Um, and he, in his words, he says, in other words, lie, and that's deadly is what he said. He said that back in December. So, you know, according to him, he feels that that uh, ChatGPT is being trained very one-sided, and he's trying to, you know, make it more, I guess, the other side. I don't know. That's what it seems like to me. Um, and, and so it seems like he's trying to be the, the, the I guess, the other political side of the spectrum uh, for AI. I don't know how that's going to work. It seems kind of to me, now here's my personal opinion, right? I'm not telling you anything about any political leanings, but I'm just saying if you're doing, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. If you're doing the same thing, but on the opposite side, it's the same thing to me. I, I just feel like that's the same thing. Anyway, um, so that is Elon Musk's new company, XAI. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that right up until the end of the world, right up until it literally creates an apocalypse. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But let's get into some fiction now. Uh, Impact Winter 2. This is the se season two of Impact Winter. Now, if you listen to the first one, this is a, an audiobook. It's on Audible. It's an Audible ex exclusive. It's from uh, Travis Beecham. It's the guy who did um, Pacific Rim. Has a lot of voice actors from Game of Thrones because there's there's a I think one of the producers is from Game of Thrones also. So they were able to kind of say, hey, all of you voice actors who are taking a break from Game of Thrones right now, uh, why don't you come over here and, and record this? Um, it has like Bella Ramsey who you know is now a superstar because of The Last of Us. Uh, she's on there. So season two is more of that same. What they say is that it's actually more uh, new lands, new loves, new weapons, and new warriors. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, a lot of the familiar voices. Liam Cunningham, Bella Ramsey, Holiday Granger, uh, Esme Creed Miles. These are the, the a lot of the voices that were from the first one. Uh, and, and what could it possibly do? Like if you listen to the first one, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you listen to the first one, you might be thinking, where can they go from there? You know, it seems like they close things off pretty well at the end, but um, it actually, it, it kind of continues to explore their apocalypse, you know, and, and like it says, new lands, new loves, all that kind of stuff. So, so it like kind of branches out from there. Um, I like the first one a lot. It's very... Well, I'm not really big into vampires. Like, I'm not against them, but, you know, I, I just, I don't seek out vampire uh, stories. So that's kind of what this is. It's kind of like an underground vampire thing during a uh, apocalyptic winter is a good way to say it, I guess. Um, but it's also very, you know, there's like some sword and sorcery stuff in there, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, season two is out. Um, let's see. Is it out now? I, you know, I wrote this story and you would think, yeah, it's out now. <laughs> it's five hours and 38 minutes. It's an Audible ex exclusive for $4.99. Not bad, $4.99. It's a pretty good price for a, for an audio book. Uh, okay, so in other media news, has anyone, raise your hand if you've seen Oppenheimer. Okay, yeah, you. Okay, I see a couple of you. So Oppenheimer is a new movie about the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer. 
Um, he's the guy who is pretty much, he's called like the father of the atomic bomb, father of the atomic age. Uh, he and Albert Einstein pretty much, um, you know, ended World War II, if you want to, you know, put it that way, because they, they kind of, they led the projects, you know, Manhattan Project and, and things like that, that led to the development of the atomic bomb, which led to the United States dropping those two bombs on, you know, Nagasaki and Hiroshima in Japan. And so that, it's kind of, the, the story itself, I haven't seen the movie, but from what I've seen, it, it's telling his story, like what, you know, what kind of a genius he was, but also the, you know, the dichotomy of, of, of not knowing, you know, thinking like you're evil, you know, thinking like, what have I done? What I'm, I've developed this thing that's going to uh, kill millions of people. And when it did, you know, he lived way past when the bombs are actually dropped. I mean, you know, he, I don't know. It, it's, it's very, and Albert Einstein had the same problems. You know, he was very much like, I can't believe that this is something that, that I helped make. You know what I mean? So he was, he was a little upset about that. Uh, and that makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're a genius who develops something uh, and then it kills millions of people, you'd be like, ah, oh, man, that's not what I wanted. So, that's, you know, it's not a, a post-apocalyptic story per se, but um, the, you know, he developed kind of this iconic atomic age, uh, you know, thing, <laughs> for lack of a better word, thing, uh, you know, the bomb and, and atomic energy in, in, in general, you know. And so that's kind of a lot of us who grew up in the 80s we're very much into, you know, this whole like nuclear war thing, you know, Mad Max, um, the day after threads, all that kind of stuff was very, um, you know, based on if there was a nuclear uh, attack. So I think it's, it's good for, you know, fans of post-apocalyptic media in general to see something like this, because you kind of get an idea of um, just, you know, just like where his head was and, and, and what led up to it and everything. Now, of course, this is based on a 2005 biography called American Prometheus by K Bird and Martin J Sherwin. So the, you know, it's based on a biography. It's not based on um, like a whole bunch of facts about the guy. It's based on someone else doing the research, I guess. And, and from what I hear, a lot of this was actually kind of changed. Uh, Christopher Nolan is the one who wrote and directed this movie. And he kind of, you know, took liberties with it from what I've heard. So it might not, it, there might be a little bit of a, um, you know, fantasy part of it, I'm sure. Anyway, moving on. So The Walking Dead, Dead City is a, uh, you know, I've been talking about that. I've been writing about it. It's the Maggie slash Negan uh, spinoff of The Walking Dead. And it takes place in Manhattan. Um, and, and it just ended episode six. Now, a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 six episodes. That's it for the first season. Well, I'm sure they, you know, they have so many spinoffs right now. They want to kind of test the waters and see how they do. Um, now I wrote a review and a recap of every one of these episodes each week. And so if you want to go back, go on the site, postapocalyptic.com and check out those uh, reviews. Now they're, you know, very spoiler heavy. So I would suggest reading them after you watch the episodes. But I, I do go in and I analyze each episode. I really, you know, 
I've kind of been, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but I've been that guy, <laughs> you know, I've been the, the walking dead guy in the site for a while. And I've been writing reviews of, you know, the, the original series, you know, for the last couple seasons and, uh, you know, tales of the walking dead and, and now dead city. I imagine I'll probably write something about the, the, um, the Daryl spinoff. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm really kind of immersed in this, in the characters and the world and, and all that. So from that perspective, for me to, to write about these, I think you're getting a genuine, you know, <laughs> a genuine opinion and review from a fan. Um, but I'm also a, a skeptical fan. You know, I, I'm not a, a fanboy. I don't think that, uh, that Walking Dead is the greatest show ever made. I mean, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, it has its, its problems, of course. Now, from that perspective, you know, with that said, Dead City, I think, was a pretty good show. I, and I think, I, I actually think that a lot of the fan response to it was bigger than I had myself. Um, there are a lot of people out there who are just going crazy for this, saying this is so, such an amazing show. I didn't feel like it was an, an amazing show. I felt like it did a lot of things really well. It did fool me a couple of times. There were, I, I like to make predictions in my, re, in my recaps and reviews. And I like to say, well, I think this person is, you know, going to do this. And this person. I got maybe two of those right. Um, Ginny, who's a, a, the quiet character, you know, that runs around with Negan at the beginning. I'm like, she's something's going to happen with her. And sure enough, here we are on the last episode and she's playing a major part. Again, I'm not going to give spoilers. I don't want to spoil the show for anyone. Um, but I'm just kind of as an overall thing. I feel like, the, the, you know, it, I think it's worth watching for any fan, especially if you like Maggie or Negan. Um, and it, actually, what's funny is even if you hate Maggie or Negan, it kind of caters to that, too. There's a little bit of that, too. Um, so, you know, here we are in the last episode. Now, the the thing I felt about the finale was I felt like it rushed a lot of things. And I said this in my review. I said it feels like maybe, uh, you know, the writer came to AMC and said, hey, I have eight episodes here. And they're like, you have six. Do it. <laughs> Make it happen with six. So they kind of, you know, shoved in a lot of stuff at this last. There's a There were a lot of open-ended, unanswered questions in the fifth episode and then we get into six and it was like everything wrapped up it's like this 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 is all uh and you know that's not unusual for a walking dead show they've done that before i mean they that was pretty much episode 11 or uh, season 11 finale was they they just made a giant montage at the end that just wrapped up a whole bunch of stuff and and also brought up some new questions like with rick and michonne um so I feel like they, they did rush a lot. They did kind of shove a lot of stuff in there at the end. But I also feel like they're paving the way for a season two. Um, there's no real concrete word on a season two or, you know, when it would be or anything like that. But I feel like they're probably going to do that. They're probably going to have that because people love Negan. People love Maggie. It's a it's a good combination. Um the only thing is, man, how long can you stretch out this whole, like, I have a vendetta against you thing that Maggie has? Like, oh, geez. And that's not a spoiler. It's just, you know, it's Maggie and Negan. That's how it just keeps going and going. And, and so I don't know. There's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot that was that was answered, but also there's some stuff that was unanswered. Um, so I hope there's a season two. 
I hope we get to see more of, of what happens here because actually they they planted the seed for some pretty amazing ideas uh, that that I think could could really make season two exciting. Um, again, no spoilers, but and for those of you you know who have seen the, the you know the, the the entire episode, maybe shoot a comment on this post and let me know uh, what you think because I heck oh you know what would be even better go to Discord. Our Discord is on, if you go to postapocalyptic.com, um, on the right-hand sidebar, there's a, a link to our Discord. If you go on Discord, we can chat about it. You can go in the, the Walking Dead room and tell me what you think um, about all this. I think that would be interesting. Because I'm, I, you know, I'm actually talking with people in there today, <laughs> just yesterday and today, about, uh, about uh, Dead City. So, yeah. The, never before has there been such a accessible podcast time you know where you can just go instead of just leaving comments for podcasters you can go in discord and chat with them so i think it's pretty exciting all right so that was uh you know walking dead dead city stuff now let's get kind of back into kind of a mix of real life and um fantasy so game of thrones we could sit here and argue all day about game of thrones being post-apocalyptic hint it is it actually is um but the 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 exciting thing here i wrote about this article where someone got chat gpt to write the last two books in the game of thrones book series you know song of ice and fire so (laughs) so you might be thinking well sure all you do is you put in there you know write the last two books of the Song of Ice and Fire series, and it'll do it. No, it's actually a lot of work. Um, this person, uh, let's see what their name is. Swain? Uh, yeah, Liam Swain. So Liam Swain took the concept of what these last two books would be you know, that George R. R. Martin is supposedly currently writing. One's called The Winds of Winter, and the other is A Dream of Spring. He's been working on those for a long time, right? And we don't know... If he's ever going to finish them. So this guy said, you know what? I'm just going to have AI do it. I'm just going to have ChatGPT sit down and I'm going to feed it, uh, you know, what what's already happened in the stories. Basically, he fed the 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 last, the previous books to ChatGPT and said, okay, I want you to continue this story. Uh, he made, I think he made like character sheets for each person that gave details in each one. And ChatGPT can, can store that stuff. Um, there's another program called Claude that does a really good job of storing character information um, to use you know you basically tell it all about the character and then you said and then you say uh, put this character in this situation and it'll do it pretty amazing it's scary but amazing um, and so this this person went on on github and and basically wrote uh, the instructions that they used to use AI to create the last two books in Game of Thrones. Uh, you can check all that out. There, the article is on the, the website, postapocalyptic.com. Um, and this person actually put the entire books on there, on GitHub. So they're not trying to make money off it. They're not trying, I mean, because they could get in trouble for that, definitely. Uh, they're basically doing it to see if they could do it and then see what, uh, you know, what it could come with up with. And then they put it up, put it out there for free. So if you want to read these, I read... Probably, 
I only read about a chapter of The Winds of Winter, the AI version, and it's pretty amazing. I mean, I have to say, it's my experiences with AI trying to get it to write anything uh, in detail is pretty bad. Um, you really, really have to train it. And so I avoid that. You know, I, I pretty much use AI to map out, um, map out, you know, like a storyline, things like that. In the book I wrote, AI for All, I talk about how I did that. And I, uh, and I did it for that book. You know, I basically said, give me, um, and this is a, a pretty early version of, I mean, it was ChatGPT 3.5, I believe is what I used. Um, but it was the same thing where you're like, you know, tell me some good topics for the, for this topic, some subtopics for this topic, and it'll do a wonderful job of doing that. Anyway. Um, yeah, check that out again. I could, I could talk all day about AI. Um, but, uh, and I, I pretty much am right. Most of the show is about AI. Sorry for all of you who are so tired of hearing me talk about AI, but you know, that's how it is. Um, and <laughs> And so if you're a good Game of Thrones fan and you are just a fan of, and you know, you're accepting of the fact that AI could write something like this, you should check it out. It's pretty interesting. All right. Uh, another show, this is a reality show from South Korea called Zombieverse. This looks exciting. I wrote about this a couple of days ago. Um, so Netflix is very receptive and, and very, they're a, a, a good launch pad for a lot of these South Korean TV shows and uh, a lot of them are zombie related. You know, there's a whole, I, I, I wrote in the article, you know, Alice in Borderland, Train to Busan, All of Us Are Dead, Sweet Home, Hellbound, and Kingdom are some of the, the big ones that, uh, you know, that Netflix has brought over from, um, you know, from South Korea. So this one, Zombieverse, is a reality show where there are 10 contestants who don't know they're on a reality show. It's kind of like if you've seen Jury Duty. Jury Duty came out last year, I think. Great, great show. And I'll just tell you the premise of it real quick. So there's a an entire, everyone, the jury, the judge, the lawyers, the defendant, you know, the prosecutor, everything, everyone's an actor except one guy in the jury. And the whole show is about this one guy. And so it is an amazing show. Um, and so they, I, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's on freebie, but you should check it out if you haven't seen it. So anyway, that's not post-apocalyptic. Uh, but Zombieverse is supposed to be kind of like that, where they take 10 people. Now, I don't know if it's all 10 at once or if it's like 10 different people. I don't think they really told about that. Like if there's one, one survivor uh, and all actors, but from what I've seen from the trailer, you know, all the actors are, all the zombies are actors. And then there's a, a panel of celebrities who sit and watch and kind of comment on what's going on as it's going on. So, you know, it's a mix of jury duty. It's a mix of like scare tactics. Um, and then, I don't know, things like American gladiator or something, you know, where there's, there's a, an arena and there's people commenting on what's going on in the arena. So, so you have these survivors trying to survive this zombie apocalypse and they think it's real. They think it's really happening. Now I have to say, I think what everyone else is thinking, this could only really work in South Korea because I've, I've been to South Korea and I, and, and I, it's such a great place that I believe that, 
you know, if this were to happen in America, if you were to make, <laughs> I hate to say this, if you were to make this in America, people would be dead. You know what I mean? Like they, there would be people going, oh, there's zombies all around me. And and there would be a, a bunch of, of ricks, you know, who would want to pull out their gun and shoot these zombies in the head. And I'm not lying. You know, you know, I'm not wrong. Uh, and so it would be ugly if this was, and, and not only America, you know, a lot of places, it would turn into that. Um, and so I, I can't help think that when I watch this trailer. And I, I want to watch the show too when it comes out. It's supposed to come out on, let's see, August 8th. Okay, so a couple weeks, uh, about a week and a half. Um, and so, you know what I mean? It, it just, I feel like these people are they're survivors and they feel, I mean, the makeup and everything is incredible. And the whole, the set, it looks like a real zombie apocalypse. So they feel like these things are going to kill them. I mean, what's to stop anyone from assaulting these actors? You know, actually in one of the parts of the trailer, it shows someone hitting one of the actors in the face. And, uh, I just feel like that would, that would be a main concern. If I were making this show, I would be like, I don't know. Like you'd have to brief the actors and say, "Hey, you do realize that you might get shot. <laughs> you might, you might, um, you know, you might get punched at least or, or hit or things like that." So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm. That's kind of one of the main reasons I want to see it. I want to see how they get around that and how they avoid that. How they avoid people getting stabbed in the head. You know, because that's the first thing I would want to do if I. I mean, I've watched The Walking Dead. I know that you <laughs> you stab them in the head or. You know, so it's interesting to me. And it also makes me wonder how real this is, you know, how, how much the, the unknown, you know, the people who quote unquote don't know what's going on, how much maybe they do know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. Conspiracy theories, right? Um, Okay. So this last little bit of media news I wanted to talk about is from Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal is a PlayStation game, came out many, many years ago. I don't remember when, like 2003 or something like that. It was, it was a long time ago. Um, and I'm a, you know, I was a big fan of the original. No, it actually came out way before that. It came out in the nineties. What am I thinking? Um, but I'm a big fan of the game, you know, the original games. I never played like all the millions of them that came later, but I always thought it was a fun game. I love cars. I love post-apocalyptic cars with, you know, guns on them and swords and bombs and you know i'd love that kind of those kind of games especially back in the 90s and so there's two things about this series that's it's coming to peacock on july 27th which is probably the day you're listening to this um two things one is is it too late for a twisted metal series all of those people who played it in the 90s are my age you know 40s and you know um lower 40s right uh and so what are the i mean are they going to be interested in this i don't know um because they're still going for that kind of you know funny comical aesthetic on this show you know they're going for uh, humor comedy all that which was what the games were you know it was it was it made fun of itself it was a kind of a parody of itself and for them to do that in this show would it work? Well, I I think it will. I, I've watched the... There's three trailers that are out for it now. The latest trailer was actually really good, I thought. It had some parts... And I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a comedy skeptic, right? 
I see, I, I hear stuff that people think is funny and I'm like, that was stupid. And I saw a couple parts in here that I thought were actually kind of funny. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see it. Not even just from a Twisted Metal fan, you know, perspective, but I think as a post-apocalyptic fan perspective, because a lot of the, the sets, the cars, everything looked really, really cool. It looked very like Borderlands, like very, you know, what, you, what I would think would be kind of the ultimate apocalypse where there's scrap metal walls built up and the cars have like guns and scrap metal all over them. And you know what I mean? And, and from that aesthetic it to me that's very very that that's exactly what i want to see so i'm going to check this out i'm probably going to write up uh, a review or something on that first episode just to kind of see you know what what's going on with it uh but yeah i'm excited about this it has a lot of big names i say big i'm i don't even uh, maybe i shouldn't put them in quotes i, I think that they're probably big names uh, stephanie beatrice from brooklyn 99 thomas hayden church you remember him from Wings? Uh, oh, what was his name? I forgot what his name was, but he was like the the mechanic, the air, airplane mechanic. He is a uh, deputy, I believe, some kind of law enforcement officer. And then Nev Campbell from Party of Five, right? <laughs> um, so she she's kind of like the one who's getting Anthony Mackie, who plays John Doe, uh, in this arena, you know, he, he has like a mission. It's, you know, if you've played the games, you know kind of what it's all about. But you, he has to do these missions and everything. I don't know if the if the TV show is going to be exactly like that. But it looks pretty much like that. Um, Will Arnett, you know, oh, Will Arnett was on. He, he does Lego Masters. He's the, the host of Lego Masters, which is always cool. Arrested Development. He's the, the brother who's a magician. Great character actor. You know, I really enjoy him. He does a voice of Sweet Tooth, who's like a psycho clown dude. I don't know. I, it seems like a really cool, um, you know, group of, of actors. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, even the guy who made it, David Jeff, said that he hasn't really been a part of the show, but he's hopeful for it. He, this is what it, this is his quote. He says, it seems like a really loud, violent, dumb, fun midnight movie. So at this point, they've put out three trailers. They've been markedly different tonally, and I don't know what to expect. I'm looking forward to it. My fingers are crossed. So even he, who invented all this, this whole thing, is kind of like, yeah, we'll see how they do, you know. Uh, but yeah, that comes out July 27th, um, and that is going to be on, Pe on Peacock, right? Yeah, Peacock. Um, because it's a Sony, you know, the, all the games are for the PlayStation. It's kind of created by Sony. So you have that whole association there. Um, very cool. I'm excited about it. Like I said, I'll probably write something about it and uh, we'll see where that goes. Now, from here, we have a, a ton more stuff on the site on postapocalyptic.com. We have uh, lots of UFO news. Now, this is something I don't really follow, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't. I wouldn't do it justice, but uh, Stephanie writes a ton of these articles. So if you are interested in, you know, this craziness that's going on right now with the, the U.S. government and UFO news and, you know, congressmen are admitting now that, you know, that there are UFOs and it's a it's a pretty crazy time if you're a, uh, a UFO enthusiast. Um, so 
check that out. It's all on the site, right on the front page there. You can go through and, and see all that. We also have our calendar on the side that tells all the different things that are releasing soon. I talked about most of them. Uh, the Twisted Metal is on July 27th. Zombieverse is August 8th. Dune sequel all the way in November, November 3rd. The new Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, is coming out November 17th, which I'm excited about. I'm reading through all the books right now. I'm on the uh, third book, and I think this one is the fifth, so I probably won't make it. But uh, our, me and the kids are really enjoying reading through the books. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at on that. Um, be sure to check us out on social media. We're, we're everywhere on social media. Um, I just released a new book called Through the Remains, which is available on Amazon. If you do a search for my name, Sean Schuster, you'll find all that stuff. Um, so I have Through the Aftermath. Through the Remains is an official post-apocalyptic media anthology. So yeah, there you go. That's official. Um, it is a an anthology of 28 different authors who basically the you know top winners in the contest last year for the short story contest uh, have gathered together. I've gathered them together and, and put their stories together in this book. It's an amazing book. It's a beast of a book, 28 stories. It's really a lot of fun. Um, and then I have AI for all, which I've talked about a couple times, but the, the exciting news about that is it's actually on audible. So you can go on audible and you can, you can get uh, AI for all there. If you have you know, a subscription, you can use a credit and get that. Also, it's pretty cheap. I think it's $4.99. Um, but it's not, okay, I have to tell I have to say this right now. It's actually not voiced by AI. I think a lot of people might um, think that. But I I hired a guy, Clark Esman, wonderful, wonderful narrator. I am so excited to have him on there because I, he's he, he did such a bang-up job with this. It's very, you know, it's a nonfiction book, so he did a really good job. Uh, putting that together and voicing it and the whole process is absolutely amazing maybe one day i'll talk about it getting an you know, getting a, an audiobook out there um there was an audition process i had 20 like 22 people auditioned for this and i picked him because actually a couple of them sounded like ai and i'm like i don't want this to sound like AI. the, the book is about ai enough <laughs> but i want a human to to voice that you know i don't want it to sound like ai so um uh, it's, you know, that's available now if you're interested in that. Um, yeah, and that is it from me. I want to thank you all for listening and hearing me plug all of my projects and talk about uh, post-apocalyptic news. It's always fun. This is something that I really enjoy, and I am very thankful that you're listening. So until next time, make sure you stay alive out there and always be ready for the next UFO. Bye-bye.